How's everybody doing? My name is Sina Palavan. Welcome to another week of the Talk Too Much podcast. And this week, I went back to my roots. That's right. I interviewed a one-of-one OG crypto artist, Mr. Dan Guse. Mr. Dan comes out of Italy, and in my opinion, Mr. Dan is the best cyberpunk artist in the world. No disrespect to other crypto cyberpunk artists. There's a lot of you guys out there, but Mr. Dan's renders take it to another level. Throughout this interview, you're going to hear how he makes his art, his inspiration, and what he thinks of the cyberpunk style, while he, why he focuses so much on it. But the real reason I really wanted to interview a one-of-one one crypto artist, let alone one that's well-known in the community, is because I wanted to tackle the issue of whether one-of-one one art is coming back or not. Everyone always says one-of-one one crypto art is coming back. Everyone's always saying collections are done. Collections are. I do think with one. I agree with one part. Collections are starting to fade out, and not fade out, but you're going to need to step your game up. There's going to be have to be other use cases incorporated in these collections. But number two, I'll be honest with you guys. One of one art to say that it's coming back the way it did to see to say it would have the uh, prevalence or I should say relevance that it did at the beginning of the year is a little bit absurd. Just because I feel like the standard for a brand has raised. I'm not saying a one-of-one one artist can't make it. Look at Mr. Dan. Mr. Dan, number one, built his following also earlier on in the year. But I'm saying for a one-of-one one artist in the NFT space right now, you got to raise your standards. Uh, you got to have some of the best art in the world, and you have to tackle it a different way. You look at me, for example. I rarely put out art, but I interview important people across the industry to get my name out there and to learn. I think that artists like Mr. Dan... Um, I never had the talent he did, to be honest with you. Otherwise, I'd be making these cyberpunk paintings all day. But artists like Mr. Dan, you know, he rose to the top because he's one of the best in the world. And unless you're that good, you know, I feel like the one-of-one one art crypto community um, has the real estate in this community has been taken up in the sense of that the people who are going to be established. That doesn't mean new ones can't come in, but it will be harder. The people that have come in the space and established this, themselves as some of the best artists in the game, Defaced, Coldy, Fawocious, um, Dan Guse, uh, Ian Innocent, that's how you spell his name. These artists, to me, they're here for life. They, they park their car, they have the real estate. If you're coming in the game and you want to be an artist, you want to sell crypto art, you're going to have to improve your marketing and find different ways because the market is a lot more saturated now than it used to be. And this was the focus of this episode. Is one of one art coming back? Is it worth getting into? How do you how do you still find a niche? How do you find make a name for yourself in the one of one world as the NFT industry is progressing so rapidly? You know, right now you see the the apes, the cats, there's just so many collections that are involved in the metaverse, involved in building platforms and game <clears throat> and games. When I, when I look at one of one art <clears throat> It's always going to be here. It's always going to be a, a, a luxurious, luxurious commodity in the NFT space. But I definitely think that you need to improve your marketing and you need to attack it in a different way. This episode for my audience is meant to teach you guys. <clears throat> no one's saying you can't be nostalgic and love art. I, I, I lo We're all in it. A lot of people are in it for the art. No one's knocking that. I'm just saying, if you're going to come in this game as a purist, that's fine. But raise your standards and attack it. Work like a dog. It's not the same as it was in January, but guess what? A year from now, it won't be the same as it is today, so you still are in early. The point of this is to raise your game. Anyway, I'm not gonna, I am talk all, I talk so much on these open mics at the beginning of my episodes. Let's get into this episode. <clears throat> I want you guys to let me know what you guys think. Is one of one art coming back?
Hey there, man. Oh, it's very nice to meet you, my friend. Ah, it's same here. Same here. You Thank doing, you buddy? so much for doing this with me. I, I, I really means a lot to me. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. You are my favorite artist personally in the world. I know oh, uh, well, I really like your, your style. You. I really um, appreciate you. Like your words means actually a lot. And I'm sorry if I didn't catch up before. I've just mm. been like so busy, you know, so I know. You, trust you, me. I understand. You did, yeah. you, you did the right thing in texting me uh, again. So we called uh, organize this thing together and I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me here. No worries. You know, uh, it's actually funny you mentioned that. <laughs> That's actually how I am is I'm, I'm a little bit too aggressive uh, in these situations. But oh, no, 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 really. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate being here more, uh, more than I can tell. Really, really. Thank you so much. And can you please pronounce for my audience your name just one time so I get it for the marketing? Uh, is it like my, my real name or my? Oh, everybody. Name? Yeah, he has two names. So go ahead and say you have two names. Oh, Explain. well, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, my real name and surname is Leopoldo D'Angelo. I'm Italian and my, my surname, like, sorry, my pseudonym is Dengutes. So how, number one, how old are you? I'm 26 years old. Dang. And you live in Italy? Yes. I'm, where, I live in Italy, in Milan. Where in Italy? In Milan. Milan. Yeah. North Italy. So I'm, I'm, I was born in Romania, Romania. I'm Eastern European too. I, I, I immigrated here to the States when I, when I was younger. Uh, it's actually funny. You mentioned that I've, I've done nothing but work at for Italians my, my whole life. Oh, uh, I see. I see. I mean, I have a lot of friends from Romania who comes here in Italy. Yeah. That's usually the case for the Romanians. They, they just yeah. migrate everywhere else. <laughs> um, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I know many people that come here from Romania. So yeah, I have many friends from Romania that that's really cool i actually uh it's it's actually funny how close here in the states every time all europeans just get along because the culture we just get each other uh it's oh yeah the americans are different than the europeans that's all i'll say oh yeah i can i can figure yeah so i'm gonna start off mr dan i'm gonna call for my audience purpose i'm gonna call you by your uh pseudo name is that how you, mr dan totally um, no problems mr dan Guse is goose is that or Guse? Uh, it's it's right the way you you pronounce it it's okay it's perfect mr dan Guse is uh in my opinion one of the best nft artists in the world um and he's known for his cy cyberpunk stylish this futuristic uh, kind of style so i'm gonna we're gonna get into all this but if you could please mr dan introduce yourself to my audience and how you grew up and got into art uh well uh, first of all thank you i like being here i appreciate you so much inviting me in your podcast and well, so um, I attended high school for graphic and photographic arts uh, in my hometown, which is Turin in Italy. And even before that, I was already um, messing around and playing with programs, with photo manipulations and such in, in computer, like with computer programs. And after I got my diploma, I started working in some graphic design studio in my city, in my hometown. And after a couple of years, I decided I wanted to learn 3D art because I realized how much of a powerful tool it was. And I decided to get started with freelancing and being an artist. So really quickly, why do you, you just said you'd realized how strong and powerful 3D art is. Can you explain what, what do you mean by that? Why do you think it's so strong and powerful? Because basically uh, just by learning certain skills uh, to do certain stuff, you basically don't need uh, anymore to, re to rely on like stock picture, pictures, stock photos, or actually like someone else work. So when I was like a photo manipulator, when I was getting started with Photoshop, I always needed to find that perfect image because it needed to work with my composition. It needed to work with my, with the artwork I wanted to create. With 3D, you don't have that problem because you simply cre created yourself. You are able to do that. 
So, and that's very interesting. You mentioned that you start off with photo manipulation. How, why was that the style that you chose to start off? Uh, well, because like I simply got into it by looking at some YouTube videos. I was simply uh, that way. I realized that it, I like doing it and I wanted to, uh, well, we can say I wanted to pursue it. So yes, I started that way. Not a real reason behind it. Okay. And so that style was your foundation. And how did you start to create these? Because I'm going to start sharing my screen and show my audience your work. How did you create, for example, I'm going to pull up one of your pieces. Um, how? Let me see. Okay. This one, for example, on your Twitter. So how did you create your art? How did you become, uh, come to kind of love the cyberpunk style? Well, I mean, I get inspired by many things, you know, like uh, songs, books, and movies and this sort of stuff so certainly uh, some major inspirations for me are always movies like blade runner or shows like alter carbon ghost in the shell but you know i also find inspiration through some other things that maybe are not related to sci-fi and you know i simply like the idea of this um well like uh, humans that keeps their humanity and they like in this case the, the love uh, against this whole like uh, futuristic scenario, this big, huge company future, dystopian future. So yeah, I like to keep this sort of um, uh, human feature, you know, human characteristic. If this is something you you, you understand what I mean? I do. I, I feel like when I'm looking at these uh, your works, what I why I love them is as I like look at this work. Number one, I feel like li just listen to my analysis. Let me know if you agree from my perspective. I love how you put the two people in, in your photos. I think that's symbolic because if you look at your artwork, it's a big artwork. Like I'm talking about the view. It's huge. Like your peripheral is huge. It makes you feel like you're a small, insignificant person, like you said, in this in this dystopian, futuristic world. Um, and I like how you like that. Like right now on this photo, the two people kissing on the bridge in the with a huge background shows vulnerability. It yeah. shows like even in because I'm, I'm going to say why I really like your work is I really believe 20 years from now, this is how it's going to look. I really yes. believe that there's like there's going to be a day when technology overrides human emotion throughout the majority of society. And emotions like this are going to be rare moments in times that and I know it's sad to say, but like real authentic emotions like this. Like if you think about it, and I know you can attest to this because you're from Eastern Europe. For, from Europe, I mean, your parents, your family, like they grew up in nature. They grew up, they, they explored Europe. Exactly. They, yeah. Exactly, right. My Same with my parents. But my peers here in Las Vegas, they go to the strip club. They go to the clubs. And I'm not saying anything bad about that. I'm just saying, do whatever you want to do. I'm just saying that's not an authentic human feeling. Like, you know, that you don't feel uh, a fulfilling like feeling like you do when you look into something huge like the Grand Canyon or, or some big piece of nature. Why right, I really yeah. love your work is because I really think moments like this, like you see on my screen, are going to be rare moments in time in the future. And, and I, I'm curious, why do you why what makes you choose uh, two people like being in love in your photos, for example? Right. That's um, I mean, while my art is all about future, like fantasy cities, sci-fi environments, cyberpunk scenarios, you know, dystopia, utopia, all this sort of stuff that has a sort of uh, negative accent, because like you always think about uh, the, the negative side of it. I what I try to do is uh, 
adding a sort of melancholic touch to it, making sure the human side, even though like the humans and the animals I feature are the very small, as you said earlier, uh, I think uh, in the end they win the heart of the viewer because they are against the, this huge mega city. And even though the, the city looks beautiful, all these uh, powerful colors and this sort of stuff, I think people realize that while it looks beautiful, it's not uh, positive, it's not good. So people rather focus on the genuinity of the humans and animals featured in the artwork. So I think, yeah, that, that's, that's why I do it. And I'm happy that people notice the same things as I do. Mr. Dan, I have a question for you. Why do you relate the big cities? Can you explain that? Um, why do you relate them to not, you just said not good as compared to the people. Do you view these big cities, these big companies as the future? If we head to this a world that looks like this, do you view those uh, as not good in a way? Well, I mean, um, first of all, I see maybe like uh, the way I depict them, the way I, I draw them, the, the way I make them, maybe like it's too much because it, like it's unreal, like it's not practicable, practicable to do these sort of cities. But even then, like if you think of like a too much advanced uh, city and too much uh, developed uh, technology, civilization, it's of course like undeniable that you end up not having uh, like losing a bit of humanity, losing a bit of contact. Like even if you think about it, like uh, 25, 30 years ago, uh, our parents and like uh, the older generations were always outside with each other, like, uh, you know, and while we are much more of an introverted generation, we rather spend time with our cell phones, with our computers. So I think this sort of gives you an idea of what I'm trying to depict with my art. And that's why uh, the human side of it uh, tends to win in the end against the, uh, the, the big, you know, uh, environment, the big technology. So uh, getting into your art, how do you create your art? Do you start from a blank canvas or, or what is, how do you create these beautiful cities that honestly, I, I've always wondered myself, like, how is this even possible for someone to create this? Right. So um, are you familiar with 3D design? Have you ever seen how I, I, I can use Cinema 4D and Blender? I'm learning right now. OK, that's perfect. So, yeah, I imagine like this uh, big blank 3D space where you can move back and forth, up and down, left and right. And basically I uh, position the camera like I start with a camera and I position it in a certain point and then uh, by there. I start to uh, creating and position, like adding some composition. I model some buildings. I use some pre-made buildings. Like I, I buy a lot of assets. I download a lot of uh, pre-made assets and I start to work it around. I, maybe I start by adding the foreground buildings. Then I want to add some touch, maybe with some colors, with some lighting, some smoke. And yeah, basically I develop it uh, day after day. Takes me more or less like uh, from seven to 10 days to do one artwork so yeah so i have a i have a question because i've i've gone through the process for people my audience that doesn't understand what mr dan is saying 3d cinema or 3d design software is a lot more complex than than any other software because you're kind of setting up a stage right you set up right. the, you set up the buildings then you you set up the camera angle that you like that you think would look best so right. i have a question 
the effects it's you said it takes seven to ten days or do you see yourself as like a, a perfectionist do you always try and make sure every little detail on your art is good because as i'm looking there's a lot of lights and a lot of fog and, and there's a lot of details in here that because i've done this before and i know how hard it is to manipulate the scene to look like that so are you would you consider yourself like a a, a perfectionist everything has to be perfect when you create your art right yeah i I myself consider a sort of perfectionist. A very, I look very much into details and this sort of stuff. But uh, I also want to suggest to other people to not be too much like me because in the end, you end up like sort of uh, hating uh, your work because it's never perfect. It's never perfect. And you like, this is mathematics. Like a work cannot be perfect in my opinion. So you can always uh, work too much into it. But in the end, you suggest like I suggest that you reach a point where you need to be satisfied with your artwork because like you've been working on it for maybe 10, 12, 15 days and enough is enough, you know? So uh, maybe do a step back, realize how much you worked hard into it and don't get lost too much into details. While I know it's hard because you always want to top yourself, you always want to do better, you always, you always want to surprise yourself, surprise the people, uh, but like make sure you are satisfied with what you make because you, you worked hard. So how do you, how do you, cause I, I 100%, I feel the same way towards my show. Uh, like I need the, the, the design to be perfect. The conversations to look good. I, and I get very annoyed and down and angry at myself when it's not like that. How do you fight that feeling? Like, let's say you've done 10 days on these pieces and they look amazing. How do you kind of, um, how do you find a sense of appreciation or do you think for you personally, that's something you'll never be able to escape? Uh, well, I mean, I think that uh, what gives me some sort of inner peace is that I realize that there are many other people that feel the same. So I think it's just a sort of human general feeling towards your own work. So I just say to myself, you know what, it's normal, just go next and make some new art. And I mean, I do appreciate that people love my work. I receive a lot of messages, a lot of uh, comments, a lot of people that say they love my work. So that's that's more than enough for me to, you know, to uh, to deal with it. So and that's what we're going to really get into in a sec. But before I do, I want to touch on one more thing. How long did it take for you for my for any upcoming artist that's thinking about getting into 3D design? What 3D design software would you recommend Cinema 4D or Blender? And how long did it take you to get to this point as, as like your skill set in 3D design? So I personally use Cinema 4D and Octane Render to make my artworks. And I think, uh, I mean, uh, 3D softwares mm, do more or less the same things. It's just, I think it's just a matter of how you get used to it and how you get used to these sort of shortcuts and where you position your tools like the U user interface and UX, this sort of stuff. So. I think if you want to get started, there are a lot of free softwares. You can look maybe into it. There are some free softwares like Blender, some price software like Cinema 4D, but more or less, they are all very good, very valid softwares, valid choices. So I, uh, so I started in 2018 with 3D. So now it's almost, oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's, it's more than three years that I do, uh, I do 3D. And yeah, no, I mean, I pr practice daily. Uh, when I didn't make art, I always looked some tutorials. So yeah, I really, really uh, put the work into it. But maybe it's different for everybody. Maybe some people uh, will take uh, six months 
to be to learn to do what I do. Maybe some other people need more than three years. It depends from your own experience, from how uh, how badly you want to learn, how how much passion do you put on it, and yeah, I think it's not a, an easy question to answer actually. So I, I personally would agree with you in the sense that Cinema 4D was a lot easier for me than Blender. Um, and I, I really uh, think that you said something big is you put the work in from the, and that's why you are where you are. And that's what I really wanted to touch on is before we get into your NFT journey, how when you were young growing up, even in the last couple of years before you kind of made your brand in the NFT industry, was it tough for you to stay upon the art industry, art path? Was it did you ever like think to yourself like i should do something else like what made you stick to art and say hey i'm gonna become an artist before the nft boom happened uh well i mean uh i i really loved creating so i think the passion made the difference over like over the years and basically uh back then like in the previous years i used to create stuff just to post on my social media uh, in the hope maybe that some big clients called seat some big company called seat and maybe text me and say, hey, man, let's do something together. Let's work together on something. And it worked. I might say it worked because like I uh, dedicated a lot of time to my personal projects to make sure they were better than the previous one. So to make sure the, the clients uh, were able to contact me, to find me through my work, maybe through Instagram or Twitter or even Facebook and this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I've been doing this for a lot of time and when the NFT happened, it was just uh, the, the cherry on top, you know, like it was the, my final uh, chance, my, my ultimate chance to, to show my work, to, se- to, to actually uh, sell my work and be displayed for what it is without having to create custom work for a client, if this makes sense to you. Oh, it does. Um, and I was going to ask you before, like, was it there ever a point where it was hard to stay on this path that, that, it te- that life tested you and said, it's going to be hard for you to, and you had to kind of like persevere through. Was there, was your art journey to get to this point that difficult or since was it always just easy for you because you just had a passion for it? Well, I must say uh, at the very beginning, like you start by making, you know, cover artworks for like DJs and rappers for like $50. So, you know, the money is not instantly that great, but I think uh, like the, the earning come, uh, as soon as the skills improve. So you improve your skill and you automatically find uh, new people that will want to work with you or maybe even the previous people you were working with, they will keep calling you. So as soon as you are able to improve your skills and also be able to uh, make uh, make a voice for yourself in social media and grow up with social media, meet new artists and meet new clients, meet new studio. Uh, you are uh, a- automatically able to find new work. So yeah, I've been pursuing my passion with personal projects, able, and I was able to do this because I was I was also able to find uh, work like through studios, through clients, and this sort of stuff. So yes, one thing I I regret deeply when I talk to artists like yourself, especially like this conversation, is when I was young, I used to draw so well. I used to draw a lot. I still do. I put out NFTs, but. And I've actually sold one. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm actually all right, but I'm nowhere near this level. And I just remember growing up, this is what I, all I wanted to do. But I guess I had ADHD. I couldn't sit still. So I gave up on this as a young guy. And I, I do, I, I'm thinking, as I'm hearing you say, like, you got to put in the work. Like, I, I do kind of regret giving it up at a young age because I wanted to segue into this. Um, the NFT boom, 
was huge. It changed people's lives like yourselves in the sense of the work you create now has unimaginable value. What and which you could bake into the back end, which you, as you said it best, um, you don't have to create custom covers for people now. It's much more simple for you to transmit your art to other people. What do you think? How would you describe your experience with the NFT industry? What did it do for your career at the beginning of this year? Oh, well, I mean, uh, the NFTs has been like a huge game changer for a lot of people in the whole world, not just for me or for uh, a small amount of uh, a small number of people. It's been a huge game changer for everyone, I think. And it and I think that the best is yet to come because like a lot of people will want to come in and maybe make some NFTs like, um, you know, maybe it's institutions or galleries, companies or brands, this sort of stuff. So yeah, for me, it's being very, very amazing. Like uh, the cherry on top, like the ultimate realization that uh, I could finally make uh, some great usage, great usage or of the, the artworks that I've been making in the upcoming, in the previous years, just for uh, mere social media posting, you know? So I finally had the chance to, uh, to use those artwork and to give them to people that appreciate them for what they are. And giving them, like seeing that people uh, gave my artwork such value, it's still unbelievable to this day. And I'm very thankful. And it, like, I've been thinking about this like every day, every minute, and I'm very thankful for what's happening to me. And it, it must mean that I've been working well and so, yeah, it's really hard to put into words, but I'm really, really, uh, I'm really feeling uh, blessed and uh, lucky to be part of this NFT space and community. How do you feel? I know you just said it's hard to put into words, but like, I really want people to understand, like you do create, I, as I said, you are my favorite artist. How do you feel when you sell a piece of work and someone like likes it and compliments you? Like, what's that feeling to generate that much value and make someone happy at the same time? Well, yeah, it's really hard to put into words. Like it's, uh, it's also a matter of, um, you know, it's art and business. Like it's a double, uh, a double uh, joy for me. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a double joy because, like, on one on one side, I I see some people that collect my work because they plan to keep it forever. And I'm thankful for it because it means they really, really love my work. And on the other side, I'm still happy when people uh, invest on me because they see me as a valuable asset. So they see me as a, as a great investment and I'm there and I will do my best to not disappoint them, to make sure their investment go well. And as far as this goes, it's been doing well because I see that all the people that are reselling my work in the secondary market are making a profit. So I'm very thankful that the same people that are um, basically supporting me are now able to make a profit of their investment. So yes, I'm very thankful for both kinds of collectors, those who keep and those who resell. It's very thankful. I'm very thankful for this. How do you, when you, okay, when you, you, I've heard you talk a lot throughout this about your, your art career. I just want to touch on something. When you sit down, because you're creating all this art for all these collectors, when you sit down and create this art, do you get, you said you like creating, you have a passion for it. Do you still have that same passion for creating or does it seem a little bit more tedious, like uh, a work on your shoulders at this point in your career? Uh, well, I think I, I do have, without a doubt, I do have the same passion and the same fire 
inside my heart burning because I love to make art. I love to create my artworks. Uh, but I must say that now uh, I think I've found my craft, my little niche in terms of artwork. So I always try to say to swim in the same small pool, if you know what I mean. Like I try to uh, don't uh, go too far. Like I, I wouldn't see myself trying to do some minimalistic piece because like it's too broad. It's too out of my uh, of my range, you know. So yeah, I think I do like to make artworks like sci-fi, be it like characters or environments, or you know, like it it could be day, night, mega series, or maybe like simple bus stops, like the the artwork you you saw earlier. But yeah, I always like to maintain this sort of uh, micro world that I created. Uh, with this huge mega city, with the teal tones, with the cat, with the girl with the short hair. So yeah, yeah. I I feel like I'm. I sort of uh, created myself a new world that, that now I'm. I'm. I'm living in. Yeah. So I. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually really cool. I, I never really thought about it like that. And I was gonna ask you because you are one of the most renowned one of one NFT artists, and I really wanted to touch on this for my audience. Um, there's a lot of throughout. The, so the year started off and uh, art went off and one of one NFT artists built their brands. And then we transitioned into collections. And uh, right now I've been hearing a lot of rumors and talk that, hey, one of one NFT art is going to slowly make its way back up to the, the top. And I wanted to ask you as one of the more established one of one NFT artists before we get into this, what do you think? What's your opinion on these NFT collections that have come out this year so far? In well, terms of the of art, all, in terms of the art, as well as the effectiveness. Well, yeah, first of all, thank you for your kind words. I, I appreciate that you say that about me. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think it's a matter of uh, one versus the other. Like, I have massive respect for all the creators and artists who go through the process of thinking, developing, creating the project. It could be a collectible, a single piece of art or some editions. Uh, well, I simply, I myself am more oriented towards the single pieces of art simply because that's what I've been making for years, like I was explaining before. So like even way before NFTs became a thing. So I'll just, I just stick to one-on-ones because it's what I like to do and what I think I'm better at. So simply this way, this is my thought. How often do you post, by the way? How often? Okay, you said it takes you 12 to 15 days or 7 to 10 days for a piece. How often do you recommend an upcoming NFT artists post their one-of-ones? Like once a week, once every two weeks? What would you say is your schedule? Well, you know, like this is uh, probably this argument has to be discussed in two different terms. Because like if you uh, ask me in, in terms of an artist, I my best advice is to not rush art like take your time uh, however like how doesn't matter how long you take it could be three days five days I, I i even know people that doesn't publish work for two months because like they need their time and i i completely respect that uh so i i know that social media put a lot of pressure on artists because like they open social media and they see every artist around them publishing and make them feel behind so uh, I know yeah. how people feel because I, I often have felt that way as well. Uh, but as soon as you go, you realize that the more work you put into it, the, the greater the, the outcome it is. So I suggest just not looking like in terms of a schedule of, or like do not force yourself into respecting a sort of a posting schedule. 
um, just focus on the art itself and make sure you, you can do it as best as you can. And then when you can publish, you will publish. It's not a problem. And otherwise. when you create, when you, you say focus on the art and, and when you sit down to create your art, um, how do you have a special like routine, a setting? Some I some I'm someone I talked to recently likes a glass of whiskey. Someone I don't know likes to listen to music. What do you do? What's your setting? Can you please describe that when you create your art, for example? Well, I often drink like uh, caffeine, <laughs> like uh, coffee and some Red Bull, and yeah, exactly. Uh, so I I think I do drink that, but maybe maybe it's just my. Uh, you know, it's just my, my routine that forced me to do that way. Like maybe I don't really need it, but I'm just used that way. So yeah, I sit down at my PC and I start creating and maybe uh, bring like some uh, very hot coffee or maybe some very uh, cold Red Bull can, this sort of stuff. So, well, yeah, that, that's really how, how long do anything. you drink caffeine. How long would you say you sit at the station to create on, a, on one day? How, how long does it take? How long is your art process? Oh, well, it depends. Like some days I feel way more inspired and I can sit on the chair maybe for like even, you know, 12 hours, 15 hours straight. Like maybe I just get up to uh, order some food or maybe, you know, go to the bathroom, this sort of stuff. Some other days I see that things are not working. Maybe I sit down and someone ring the bell. So I have to get up. Maybe my dog wants to go out more of often, more than often. So I have to go out with him. And, you know, maybe some days it just doesn't work. And I say, okay, I'll try tomorrow. Fuck it. So yeah, uh, it depends. It's not really a, uh, an easy question to answer. And Mr. Dan, I'm not going to hold you here for that much longer. I, I want to ask all my guests this as we approach the end of the interview. Um, I think one thing I, I took from you is that you for you, you have a very deep appreciation for the art. You know, this is not for you. This is not, you're not here for any other reason. Like the money's great. You appreciate the respect. You're very thankful, but you have a sincere passion for the art. And that's why you're here. I how, yeah. how would you describe for any up and coming artists? I have two more questions for you. What advice would you give for them to establish themselves in the NFT community and have a brand like you and be able to sell their work like you do? What advice be, would you give to these artists coming up? Well, I think, uh, first of all, to find uh, really inside themselves what they like to do, what they love to do. Because like it could be some visual art, it could be like uh, physical art, like sculptures or this sort of stuff. So my, my first advice is to find uh, inside themselves what they love to do. And then after that, it's practice. Practice a lot and uh, it's, uh, like make connections with people that also are in the same uh, field as you. For example, if you like, in, in my case, I, I connected uh, throughout the years with many sci-fi artists, with many cyberpunk artists, and I've got to uh, meet a lot of them, even maybe in real life. And, you know, it basically helps building uh, stronger communities because like uh, people that might like my stuff, for example, might also like the newcomer sci-fi artist stuff because... We know, you know, we, we share the same thematics, we share the same concept, we share the same ideas. So, yeah, I suggest uh, doing these two things. Question also, are you ever going to do you ever plan at some point in your career to leave on leaving Italy and moving somewhere else? Or do you think you're going to stay in Italy for the rest of your career? Well, I don't know. Like, this is a great question. Like, I certainly plan to uh, travel a lot and see a lot of countries, including the States and maybe many others. 
but permanently moving i still don't know it will has to be uh, i still have to think about it uh, I, i'm just curious because i've here i've talked to a lot of people in the nft industry and as the as their career gets further and doors open up um they can really do whatever they want in this world and i was just curious if what your plans are and that's really what leads me to my last question is if you and i were to sit face to face a year from now where would you say your career would be what plans do you have for the future in the nft industry well, you know, this is another very hard question, I think. Um, I think I will keep on doing what I've been doing in the past years, definitely planning to improve my art, to innovate and push myself to the next level and generally trying to bring my art to the next level. Um, that's really it. I don't know. I don't see myself doing any particular, uh, you know, uh, completely upheaval of the my career. I, so I think... Yeah, tell me. So, so I wanted to touch on what you just said about next level. There's um there's been a lot of talk that you know art's gonna start to have different use cases in the metaverse in these virtual worlds. Like now you can hang your painting up virtually, but what if like you, what you just did, you just created the city. What if this little city was like a 3D orb? Uh insomnium space, your art can turn into a 3D version of itself. So what I was gonna say is as you say you want to take your art to the next level, I just wanted to ask in your head, what do you see as that next level for your art? Well, when I say next level, I uh, simply mean like uh, improving even more. Like, for example, uh, I think I am very, very uh, critic towards my art. Whenever I make like some simple mistake, I try to understand why I did it. Was it because I was distracted? Was it because like I didn't see it? Was it because something else? So when I say next level, I simply think like trying to make flawless art and like maybe to improve like in terms of uh, speed maybe to improve in terms of quality and this sort of stuff yeah uh, that's insane in terms of quality that that's pretty so you so uh -huh. when you look at your work you still think to yourself uh like i'm looking at one of your works right now the most recent one um do you still see these things do you still say to yourself wow i have so much more to improve or do you think i know you see little mistakes but do you think your art's like right there where it needs to be or do you still think you have a long way to go? Well, I think every artist has a long way to go, no matter where you are. But like, I know that I I improved a lot throughout the years. But like, with the same uh, recognition that I have, knowing that I improved a lot, I know that I still have to improve a lot. So, if this makes sense to you, so it's this same um, understanding that I have of art that makes me say that i still have to improve a lot if you understand what i mean you have kind of like a a dog mentality like you're still motivated no matter how successful you're going to be you still have that same fire like i need to get better yes yes i think i do yeah definitely i i'm almost never satisfied uh, with a final work like maybe i am like i i do have some work some uh, works of mine that i love more than others but like uh, i think i can always do better like till i cannot prove myself wrong uh i'm not happy you know what i mean like uh, I, I really want to push it uh all the times i always try to push it on the next level with my next artwork if this is what uh, you mean i i want i want to comment on this really quickly because i think my audience needs to understand this mindset i think that's the mindset of a real winner um i I always feel like that too, uh, for my show, you know, I'm nowhere near as big as I want to be. And it's not even about that. I just want to create, I, I'm all, I'm like you, I just want to create good work. That's all I'm focused on. I, I, the numbers, everything else that's, I don't, I can't control that. So 
I, I, I love that you, you have this like desire, like you just said, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm just always trying to push the barrier. I'm always trying to improve. I think that mentality is the mentality 1% of people on this planet have. I think it's the, the dog mentality that creates successful, innovative, and impactful people. Do you, to, sorry, I keep asking questions. I'm going to ask you one more. Do you ever want to take your art to the level? Um, do you ever see yourself where, as a source of inspiration? Uh, you ever see yourself uh, displaying, I guess you could say, when, as you grow older, uh, trying to inspire the younger generation um, through your art? Well, I think we are all inspired by other artists and we are all of inspiration for other artists. So uh, I, I am inspired by many other pieces I see maybe on Google, on Pinterest, on in general pieces I see on the Internet. And yeah, I mean, I like to think that I am also of inspiration for some other artists that see my work and maybe try to uh, get inspired maybe by some concept or by some uh thematics and this sort of stuff so yes i truly think we are all inspired and we are all inspiration for someone else mr dan I, as i said I, I definitely i when i look at your work I, it does motivate me to get to start creating work for myself then i turn my computer on i start it and i lose the motivation because <laughs> it's no, not as good no, as no, i'm kidding, I'm kidding. it's not as good as your work but i i, I will say that I very much enjoyed this interview. Uh, I will say to my audience, you are my favorite artist. I love your cyberpunk style. I'm a, the type of art I appreciate why you're my favorite artist. So you understand, I don't just keep saying that is I'm a guy that has a big vision. Like I really, I wish I was good at art. I'm not. So what I can do is I can develop NFTs with use cases for brands. That's my goal. And when I look at, I have, I've always been a guy that's like in your, in my head, when I look into when I think of this world, I just picture like what you're, what you draw, like a huge, huge city, a, a huge Canyon and just me, a small figure ready to take it on. And, um, for me, that's why I really, it relates to me is because not just a futuristic feel, but I really feel like I'm in my journey, uh, to get to where I want to be. I'm really taking on this pressure that this grandiose environment. And it, it gets me that, that, you know, you said it best throughout this interview. I'm just like you in the sense of, I have that, I try, I try and live in that dog mentality to improve. And I think that your work really resonates with me. And for me personally, I'm going to share all your work, all your links in the link in the description. Um, I genuinely enjoyed this interview, Mr. Dan. So I just want to say thank you for taking the time to do this with me. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm the thankful one. Thank you for inviting me here. And I really, really appreciate you. And once again, thank you for your kind words. I'm really flattered about what, everything you said about me, about my work. And I really, really appreciate you. And uh, well, what can I say? Once again, thank you so, <laughs> so much. I will say this, Mr. Dan, next week, I'm going to post three clips and it's going to be three days. So I'm sorry if I bother you on Twitter. I just, this is my marketing routine every week. I have to add no people. Worries. So it's, it's three days in a row. I'm so sorry. Um, but the episode will be out next week. And I do thank you for taking no the time to do this. No worries, for real. And let me know so I can maybe comment on it and, you know, uh, yeah. uh, let you know that publicly that I really, really appreciate doing it. That's it. Thank you, Mr. Dan. Um, I can't I'm wait to follow your one. career and I will send you the stuff next week. Okay. Thank you so much, man. Be I really, safe, really sir. You. You're the man. Thank you so much.